When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from Ohio State head football coach Ryan Day, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, and offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson from their Tuesday, October 25th afternoon press conference, recapping what happened against Iowa last week and looking forward to the Penn State game this coming Saturday. Now, before we get into that audio, if you are finding this episode on our website, landgrantholyland.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. We are giving you nearly two different podcast episodes every single day so that you can get all of the latest news, analysis, and conversations that you need to be the best Buckeye fan possible, as well as some voices and perspectives that you might not have thought about otherwise. So, now that we've got that out of the way, up first, Ryan Day. Then we'll have a short break. Then we'll come back with Jim Knowles and Kevin Wilson. Ryan, I want to get into some of the adjustments you made offensively. It seems like you guys were kind of attacking the boundary early, um, then adjusted to attacking the field. What went into that was was Iowa maybe doing some things that they hadn't shown on film and can you just give them some of the adjustments you made? Yeah, a little bit. Um, they, uh, you know, went to a little bit more of the single high stuff and um, and, and just made a few adjustments and then it, it took a little uh, a little time to figure out. But also <clears throat> when we started playing, you know, with the full field, you know, we kind of got a rhythm too. So I think a little bit played into both of those things. Uh, but they um, they still did a lot of their, their fundamental stuff that they do. But a few different looks and um, and so, yeah, you know, we just tried to you know, figure out where we could attack them and, and kind of made those adjustments. Brian, give me your offense. How often do you run into situations like that where everything you see for defense and scouting is here, and what you see from them against two is here because the Iowa stuff is. You see Penn State give up 400 yards rushing for free throws. Is that even applicable to what you're going to see from I think every every week is a different season. I look at it like that. You know, you, you start from scratch, and you look at where you are. You look where your opponent is. Um, you look at the matchup, personnel wise. You look at the matchup uh, schematically, and and then as you get you know later in the week, you start to figure out how it fits, what that matchup looks like, and then 
you do all that work and then all of a sudden you get to the game and you may have to take a right-hand turn real fast because of a lot of reasons. You know, it might be the conditions. It might be something that, um, you know, schematically shown up, uh, maybe an injury. You don't know. But, um, you know, every week is different and you try to do the best you can to identify where you think you can be the most successful week in and week out. And, um, you know, you, you evaluate the film and try to figure out why somebody may have had success or not success. And, um, you try to forecast the best you can. No, uh, that's how I spend probably the, the 48 hours leading up to a game is exactly what you just said and have a lot of sheets of contingency plans in place for what if. And um, we'd say sometimes you're chasing ghosts, but uh, I've been in games before where, you know, we, we didn't chase those ghosts and we didn't have answers and that's not a good feeling. So it's our job as coaches to have answers and to put our players in best position to be successful. So um, that's our job. Not run the ball as well as you have been this season. How much harder did it make it being pushing in the woods on there? And do you feel like that was the main reason why you guys weren't as efficient as you have been? I think it played a factor, yeah. Um, we could have done a better job. Um, a couple calls you'd like to have back, a couple plays we'd like to have back. We had the penalty down there that, that hurt us, um, you know, and just a few things in general. So, um, yeah, when, when you have the balance and you're getting four and five on, on a run as opposed to one, two, or three, yeah, it makes a big difference. The offensive line, what did you see that you liked from them on Saturday that you didn't like? It seemed like that was the first time you kind of struggled to get a closer on the Yep. Um, like you said, there was some good things there. There was some really good protection at times. There was a breakdown of protection. Um, we did some good things running the football. Uh, I thought we did a really good job on one play. We had a slip that could have turned into an explosive. Um, we had one that I thought the line did a good job of. We didn't do a good enough job of cracking the safety. Um, so it was a little bit of everything, but um, but there was good and there was bad, and the issues were there. But when you play against a better defense, those issues come to the surface more. So we'll keep pushing and, and keep trying to address those issues so that uh, you know, we get better every week. Coach, I guess I want to ask you about the, the things that motivated you guys in the offseason. The, the idea that you're trying to be the tougher team, that you're trying to have that competitive excellence. I know you use that term with us a lot, but how much do you find that, that stuff is still part of your prep each week? Do you focus on any of that, or is the past so far behind you that you're just locked away for now? No, no, it's it's a part of every week. Yeah, we, we hit on it every week. We'll hit on it again today. We'll hit on it this week. Uh, we know that we have to bring it every week. And, um, you know, we knew when we see the schedule going into – uh, State College is going to be a huge challenge, always is. So, um, you know, our, our guys understand what a challenge this is going to be. And so we got to have a great week of preparation. And um, so, yeah, this is this is part of that competitive excellence, you know, and competitive stamina, bringing it every single week and going on the road and winning a game like this is going to be huge. On Saturday against Iowa, your defense really led the way there just – did you kind of notice just game planning last week, Jim Bowles and talk conversations that way to spur the defense to step up and have to uh, Yeah, they, they identified the areas where we felt like we had advantages and uh, were opportunistic early on, uh, got our hands on balls, created turnovers, and uh, and then just kept the pressure on all day. Um, but, you know, when you can start off the game with a with an interception like that, I know it really throws off the offense and can rattle the confidence, you know, just across the board. And, and it seemed like, 
um, you know, we kind of uh, were attacking all day on defense, and when you can create that many turnovers, certainly your chances of winning go way up. Chip was that running back against I one Saturday. What went into that decision? Was that something that's going to be more prominent, or just like? Yeah, we um, we lost uh, TC, um, you know, uh, for the year, so um, he, he won't be available. It's a long term issue, um, and he had been doing some good things for us, and so we felt like, um, you know, we needed to provide more depth at that position. And and Chip uh, really had, had come to us a couple weeks ago and just said, "Hey, listen, if you need any, anything on offense, I'm here for you." Which is just the way he is. He's an unbelievable person and great attitude. So, um, you know, we just felt like the time was right and. You know, so that means, you know, EA's got to do a good job of stepping up over there and, and be the fourth linebacker for us. And, um, you know, we get Taraja back. And so, you know, we, we felt like we had some depth over there at linebacker and, and Chip could help us on offense and certainly has experience in playing last year. So, um, you know, it's good to get him, get him out there and uh, get him part of the unit because I think we're going to need him. And after the, the pitch count for Jackson, I saw him just – Talking to Harvine, talking to you, did he want to go back in on Saturday because of the way he came out? It looked like he was trying to get back. Out. Yeah, he's he's always been trying to get back out there. He's uh, he's he's a competitor, and and it's it's been hard for him not to be out there more. But we wanted to make sure that um, that we kept that that number right about twenty, and and make sure that we didn't put him out there anymore. You're not going to say too much about this, but it just looked like maybe they were evaluating him for something. Different than the hamstring. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what they looked to me. Is that sort of a yes or no there? Yeah, there was nothing else other than yeah, just the normal evaluations. Yeah. Coach, uh, noon kick at Happy Valley. Uh, are you happy it's not a night game but whiteout and uh, just uh, overall impression of Penn State? Uh, how good are you? Yep. Um, well, no matter when you go into Penn State, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, they do a great job with the atmosphere. Um, and our guys, um, you know, there's still a handful of guys that, um, you know, that went in, in 2018, uh, but not all of them. So, um, you know, we went in 2020. It was different. It was COVID. But uh, what we know, whether it's a night game, afternoon game, noon game, um, it, it's going to be a challenge. You know, their, their crowd's going to be in it and they'll play a factor. So, um you know, and they're a good team. You can see what they did last week. You can see what they did, um, you know, all season. And really good coaches, really good players, veteran, quarterback. Um, so, you know, new scheme this year on defense. Um, we play good on special teams. So, you know, we got to play our A game. Sean Clifford, what's your take on him? Uh, played a lot of football and, and you know, a lot of guys, um, you know, who play that much football just – they have so many snaps under their belt. They've um, they've seen so many different things, and and um, you know that that makes them dangerous in and of itself. But but he's tough. Um, he's really good throwing the ball. He's accurate. He's uh, made a lot of plays in his career with his with his feet and with his arm. And and so um, you know anytime we play um, you know Penn State and certainly with Clifford, we know that they're they're really good and they can attack you a bunch of different ways. Awesome. Uh, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, very good player. A lot of respect. Stroud is obviously kind of judged almost against perfection a lot of times. And when you look at him at a game where maybe things aren't going right in the first half there, how much are you involved? How much do you say, hey, you know, work through that kind of No, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, a team effort. And, and you know, it's, it's a bunch of things that come into play. And, 
um, it, it's never just one thing. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that we want to uh, clean up coming out of that first quarter, especially, and and then we did, you know, and that was good. So um, you know, we try not to to panic when things don't go exactly as planned because we know that um, that's not always the case. You know, I mean, usually it's one of three things: either you're going to go up early in a game, it's going to be back and forth, or you're going to go down in the game. And based on how you play, that's typically the outcome. So how are you going to react to that? And you know, we were we were struggling a little bit, but we were getting field goals and defense was playing good, and um, nobody panicked. You know, and, and we, we started solving the problems and got back into rhythm there in the second half. Did you ask him what he saw on that play? Assuming knows what's going on, let him go back to the. Um, a little bit of both. You know, there's times where you, know, you want to get some feedback, but then also, you know, I think as the quarterback, I know when I played, you know, you don't want it in a lot of noise in your head. You know, all that all that work on the front end is done so you can go play. But then there's also times where you got to connect on some things. But, um, you know, I'm not one to, to flood the quarterback with a bunch of information in game. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, let them go play, trust their preparation, and, and go from there. Coach Noah Reynolds picked up big 10 honors this week. He was going through guys on Saturday. How important was his performance and how does he help you guys to lay that off Yeah, well, in that game, we kept the momentum going um, with those field goals and getting points on the board. And when you play against matchup uh, teams, you know, anytime you're trying to score points, it's it's going to be big. And um, it starts with the protection that we certainly know, um, you know, what happened a few years ago there, you know, with block field goals. So, um, you know, the, all these little things add up in games and, and certainly field goals matter. And, um, you know, in this case, it's 12 points and that's huge, you know, at the end of the day. So, um, you know, we're going to need that more and more. And, and certainly as these games get closer, it's going to be important for them to play well. Brian, a wide receivers room fascinates me. What's it like in that room? Because it's a group of young professionals and obviously Jackson hasn't been available. But what's that room like? What does it make them special? Yeah, I think there's some guys in that room that are very mature. Um, I think when you when you just get, get around them, you realize for their age, um, they don't look like they're 18, 19, 20. Um, they don't talk like it. They don't act like it. They don't speak like it. Uh, but they are. And uh, it's pretty uh, remarkable sometimes when you think about who they are as people and just the maturity level of all those guys in that room. I shouldn't say all of them. Some of them still have some work to do. But... But I think it started back with Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell and Johnny Dixon. And, and they just brought this certain level of accountability um, to that room. And, and, and then, you know, Chris Olave and guys picked it up over time. And now, um, you know, you're seeing, you know, Omeka and Marvin and Julian, and, um, you know, really take it over and run. And they've, they started and cut their teeth on special teams. They come in as freshmen. They put their work in and then kind of show up and play in the second half of the season. And then by the time they get to that second year, they're ready to go. And that's kind of been the blueprint for them. And it's working. Uh, but I think you're seeing probably, you know, just ask, like, what makes them different is just how well-rounded they are. You know, they're, they're physical. They're in the run game. They can carry the ball. They're involved, involved with special teams. They can make play underneath, run after catch, downfield. Pretty well-rounded and, and obviously great people. Right. The obvious caveat that we know how good CJ is. Seems looking back at some of his misses, interceptions, it's come when he's been off his spot, not able to set his feet, things like that. When you're a quarterback who maybe isn't the guy who's just running like some of the guys you've had, how do you, how has he worked on that and how do you continue to work on some of those things that maybe in practice you're not able to simulate? Sure. Um, yeah, you, you try to do the best you can to simulate the game in practice. And that's, 
that's really important to do. And um, sometimes we can do that really well. Sometimes we can't. Um, I think you've seen him make some plays like the one he scrambled around and made the play to, to Cade Stover. I thought that was an excellent extension of the play. He threw away the ball at times, which was really good. Um, so, you know, I agree. When you, know, when you look at things and you have to move in the pocket, you have to keep your balance and you got to keep your feet underneath you. And um, I think he's done a good job of that this year. But, yeah, it's our job to try to simulate that in practice. So what does that mean? You know, maybe in seven-on-seven, seven, kind of flashing in front and making him move his feet. You know, those are things that we typically do with the quarterbacks. Yeah, Julian, uh, last couple games, has made uh, big plays down the field on uh, like post routes specifically. Uh, what, how has he evolved as a downfield threat uh, as his tools? Yeah, well, he, I think he's always been good at that. I remember watching him in high school, and um, he, he was always good, big, strong, long strides. He could eat up a lot of ground. He can track a ball very well. I just think you're seeing now the best version of Julian uh, for a lot of reasons. But, you know, he, he kind of uh, came in uh, on a different journey maybe than what I just spoke about where, you know, the whole the freshman and then coming into the second year, he had a couple injuries that, that derailed him. And so um, he, he stuck with it and had an unbelievable offseason. And now you're starting to see the best version of him. And, um, you know, he, he's strong, he's powerful, he's physical, and he's a presence out there. And you're starting to see – the big playability downfield last, I guess, three games. Right, right. So he's still on track of playing on Saturday. That's the plan, yeah. We'll see as, as the week goes on. We'll know more. Um, you know, when you come out of games like that, you know, you got to keep evaluating and see how things go. But um, we'll keep figuring more stuff out, and, and by the end of the week, we'll have a better idea. Ryan, you guys have a, I guess, a big sort of plan that you guys have a stretch to sort of the foundation of your own game. How much conversation is there throughout the week about making sure you're sprinkling it enough to protect that so teams don't tee off on it? And is that conversation or tactics changed all when you're playing a really good defensive guys last week? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, good question because there was a couple of them last week that, um, you know, we, we got negative plays on and. Um, it isn't so much, you know, uh, mixing it up, although you have to mix it up. You know, you want to have things that, you know, go up the middle, go to the outside, go to the strong side, go to the weak side, those type of things. Uh, but more more than that, it's usually just identifying, you know, who you're working to. But but like you said, you know, we want to make sure we have a good mixture. Um, I think we've had a good mixture. But at the end of the day, you know, if you're good running the football, your best run play should be good just about anything. And um, we want to put our guys in schematically the best answers and make sure that the numbers are right and the angles and the leverage is right. But um, but I don't think that was the case on Saturday. Your offense is kind of multi-dimensional as you guys are. You don't understand pistols off on everything. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a percentage in your head you want to make sure you're around so that you're not, you know, always running the ball when you're in pistol or always throwing the ball when you're in shock? A, a balance there to keep the defenses from, again, feeling off on I just I'd like to be aware of what what they're looking at and what they see and what the numbers show, and so that as long as you're aware, then I think you know you're making sound decisions. You know, if if you have a certain tendencies that eighty percent of the time you do this, and as long as you know that, you call it again, you know what to expect. I think where you get yourself jammed up is when you have a tendency that you don't know about, and all of a sudden you start getting ganged up on. I think that's what's important. Ryan, you guys have faced some guys, some good receivers this year, like Jaden Reed and Machine State. Mm-hmm. But wondering what you think of the, the collection of Penn State skill position talent across the board, and just the challenges of that matchup this week. Yeah, yeah, a big challenge. Um, 
know, the combination of quarterback and wide receiver will be the biggest challenge so far. And uh, like you said, they're they're good, a good collection of talent, uh, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and, and the quarterback. You talked before about um, using both Kevion and Mayan uh, partially because getting them later in the season in better health. Is there a point in the season where you start to look at that distribution um, a bigger role for Kevin, I guess, potentially a bigger role for Mayan. How, how are you processing that? Uh, do you want one of those guys to potentially have a bigger role? No, no, I think where we're at is good. You know, we got them both healthy now, so that's good. We're getting getting ourselves back into a rhythm of, of them both playing because it's been a couple of weeks, I guess, since we had them both. And so, um, no, I think we're pretty good where we're at right now. Well, you've talked a lot about, like, not panicking in the middle of the game. and You don't want to fill CJ's head with too much noise. Just what's been your evolution as a play caller, as a coach, of figuring all that out, of maybe sticking with what you want to do, but also adjusting? Is that how much do you grow over yeah. time with figuring all that out? Well, I, yeah, I, I remember um, early on, um, you know, you get into a game and all of a sudden something changes or something doesn't go as planned. And you can panic and start to take a right-hand turn fast. And then you go back on the film the next day and you're like, the film was exactly the way that we left it. And something just changed in the game, but the film didn't change. What I mean by that is like the looks were the same. The plays were good. We just got to do a better job of executing. And, um, you know, made that mistake in the past of, you know, overreacting or panicking and starting to take a left-hand turn or right-hand turn when you don't need to. Um, and that's why the preparation is so important Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I feel like a lot of times, you know, that we end up asking about like adjustments. Sure. Of course, you have to make them. There, there also is a part of it of stick to our that's guns right. and we'll work it out eventually if we believe in ourselves. A little bit of both, for sure. Yeah, a little bit of both, for sure. You know, because you can't overreact because very rarely does a team just all of a sudden go off the deep end and completely change everything they're doing. But there are some change ups. Um, you know, for instance, last week, you know, you saw them saw them play a lot more single high, which they were typically almost like eighty to ninety percent quarters going into that game. So you have to make some adjustments in game, but um, but you can't go, you know, taking a hard right hand turn. Yeah, I'm not going to try to snake uh, two questions into one. I'm going to do it overtly. KG uh, veteran. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, it's hard to imagine this defense without Tanner McAllister in it. And without Lathan Ransom in it at this point, and both those guys have had different journeys to get to this moment and stuff. But are you? Uh, nothing was promised, Tanner. I don't think when he showed up for Oklahoma State, except you'd give a shot, right? And then, sure. and then what has Lathan kind of brought to the table here of late that uh, kind of sets him apart? Tanner, um, yeah, exactly what you said. You know, he came in with uh, with with you know Jim, and and it just all kind of worked out great. And he understood that he had to work and earn his way into. Um, you know, playing at Ohio State. This isn't a place you just walk in and play. There's a lot of pride here, a lot of work that's been done. And certainly because of our offseason and the work we put in the offseason, it's very difficult for someone just to step in. It takes a very special person. And we've had a few over the years, you know, Trey Sermon and Jonah Jackson and um, you know, Justin Fields and, and now now Tanner. And Chip's doing a good job too, just the way he's gone about his business. And so in this year or this uh, day and age of the transfer, you know, we, we, we try to be really smart about that because I think a culture is really important. Um, but, you know, great to have him. And certainly he understands, like we've talked about the defense so well, he's kind of like a coach on the field. And uh, that's been big. And then and then, and now that you have Lathan back, um, you know, it's been big. I think what we're doing with Lathan on defense really fits his skill set. And he's taken off. I think he's 
you're starting to see the best version of him. I think he's got a great relationship with uh, with with Perry. I think um, you know coming off that injury last year, you see how tough he is because that was a quick return after a very difficult injury, and uh, it's great to see him making plays. And I, and I think again, this style of defense really fits him. Yep. Another one about the run game. Trevion and Mayan combined for 57 yards and 21 carries. Long Lynch 13 yards. There's some tackles for us. How concerning is that, especially when you know you're going to be playing teams down the road that are going to be like Iowa? Right. Well, you know, it's like when you go into a game and you rush for, you know, 300 yards and you get the game gets over and you're like, oh, we're good. Now we're going to go rush for 300 yards in every game. It's the same thing when maybe something doesn't go well. You know, you're not going to go into a game next week and say, well, you're only going to rush for 20 yards or whatever it is. You know, I think you just have to identify what, um, you know, what you did well and what you didn't do well and, and make those corrections and move forward. So, um, you know, the, the, the result is a feedback on your preparation, you know, how you did that week. And, and uh, you know, we obviously didn't do well enough to our standard. No, 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 I can't say that there was – there was one thing, um, but just overall lack of execution. Brian, it looks like Bradley Robinson suffered a significant injury on Saturday. What's his status? Is there a chance to be able to come back this year? Yeah, I, I haven't um, uh, haven't got the, the the final report on that, but um, maybe we'll have an update later in the week for you. Yeah, yeah, we would we would have Mason and Max available. Ryan, your um, football robot and linebacker scored a touchdown on Saturday. They seemed incredibly nonplussed about it afterwards. Right. Did you get any emotion from him? I mean, it's a pretty big deal to score a touchdown for Ohio State. Not even a smile. Yeah, we got a little smile. I, I saw a little smile. I don't know if you'll admit it or not, but I saw a little one creak. But, uh, you know, and, and to see him, you know, celebrate in the end zone, that's about as much as you're going to get from, from Tommy. Um, but he's just so consistent and solid, and um, he has really, um, and I've seen it just, uh, again, quietly is probably not the right word, but just um, when no one's watching, he's got a strong voice, and I've, I've heard it, I've seen it, and when he says something, people listen, but he's not one that's going to be out in front barking at everybody, um, but, but you know when he's in the room, and you know he's on the field, and he's got a strong presence. <clears throat> Do you know Manny Diaz very well at all, coordinator? And then what do you think of the defense so well? Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I think we've maybe met once, but uh, a lot of respect for him. And, and they've, um, you know, they, they have a really talented defense, and, and he's really good in terms of schematics and what they do. They they do a lot of stuff, and so we got to be prepared for it. Consider him at all this offseason? Um, you know, I tried not to really get into who we talked about or interviewed and everything like that. So uh, rather not get into that now, but. Again, a lot of respect for, for who he is as a coordinator. Just curious what your perception of Penn State was when you're playing at New Hampshire and they're kind of an eastern tower. Has that changed for you now? If you... Um, yeah, I mean, growing up watching uh, Penn State was yeah, a big deal. Yeah, and when you're in the Northeast and, and watching some of those teams and the national championship team and a lot of respect for you know that program over the years and what they've done and um, – so it's just, I guess it's just an evolution of, you know, uh, the game. And it's like when I coached the NFL and had to go into Foxborough and we had to play Brady and Belichick, you know, I didn't know whether I was supposed to cheer for myself or for them, you know. 
So you just, you know, things happen in your career and you just move on. And, um, but what a, what a great program and, and obviously what a great place to play. It's still there. I mean, that profile, that notoriety, that, uh, no question. Absolutely. Yep. We didn't see Josh Proctor play at all on Saturday. Just wonder, was there any reason he didn't play other than no reason being started? Just an illness. Yeah. Should be, he'd be back practicing this week. Yeah, uh, you're obviously familiar with Mike Yersich. Um, yeah. Just want to get your thoughts on him and, and how instrumental he was in, in getting uh, CJ. Yeah, first up big with with you know that um, first year in developing Justin, which was which is really important, and then certainly had a huge hand in recruiting CJ. Um, I remember uh, when, when he and I were out in California recruiting, and I was supposed to be uh, at the uh, Home Depot Awards that I missed Jerry, and uh, we got our, we got in trouble that night. Remember because I wasn't there. Well. Uh, I think they wanted to fine us for that, but uh, I was. Did they? Well, find you. Well, we were we were doing well, we were doing a home visit with CJ Stroud, so they can find us. They can find us whatever they want. But that was that was on a Thursday after the um, the Big Ten championship game, and we you know he was a big hand in that, and certainly had a great relationship with he and Kim and, and the whole family. So. Uh, but but a very good mind, uh, very sharp, um, always creative, and a really good play caller. Yeah, that was it. Into the number twenty number on Jackson's pitch count, and I guess how I know you're going to say week week evaluation. Yeah. But like is is there a ramping up that you anticipate to happen that gets him to a, a bigger role and? Any concept of how long that might take? So this is, you know, something that, you know, we have such great people in sports medicine and our doctors. And so, you know, there's really been a, a very specific plan on how to get him back to playing a number of uh, total yards per day, number of high speed yards per day. And then after each practice, evaluating the strength of mo- or range of motion and strength. And, um, and so, you know, we're just kind of following that lead, you know, it's way over my head, you know, I'm trying to figure out what to call in third down and all the strength and numbers and things like this. Um, so we're just relying it up, uh, relying, you know, on the doctors to give us the information and we just go from there. Uh, there's, there's everybody, everybody involved. Yeah. It's, it's all hands on deck. Yeah, Coach, uh, Cameron Brown, I think, missed the last game as well at the corner. And Jordan Hancock, I think, finally got to play a little bit. Just those two situations, kind of uh, where's Cam and what was the <laughs> response on how Jordan did his first time out? Yeah, Cam, you know, not a long-term thing at all, so expect them to have him back soon. But great to see Jordan back out there. Uh, it's been a long road for him. Um, he's been uh, dying to get back on the field. And... Um, there was ups and downs during, during, you know, I guess it was nine weeks, you know, where, where he was coming back and um, did a great job of being, um, especially in the last couple of weeks, of really, you know, diving in and being serious and making sacrifices and um, really focusing on being healthy to get back out there. But uh, Jordan Hancock loves playing football, and you can see it in his play, and uh, it's great to have him back on the field with our defense. You mentioned that Iowa is normally, of course, have a defense. They come out and play single high on you. I know you guys have have script when you start the game. As a play caller, at what point when you realize that Iowa is doing something different than you think, you go script away, or do you have stuff in that script to adjust to different shifts? 
Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, we don't really script like the first 10 plays. We have openers. Um, and the reason why we don't do that is really for what happened on Saturday. You know, you have like 10 plays that you script in your practice and all of a sudden your first three drives are, you know, on like the whatever yard line it was. And so, um, you know, we, we, we have some things that we like that we rep out and walkthroughs before and, you know, first third down calls, first red zone call. Um, and, and then, you know, we quickly adjust from there, like you're saying, because I've just been around it before where you spend so much time getting good at those 10 plays. And once those 10 plays are over, you know, you got, you got no rhythm. Um, and so we, we try not to do that, but we do have opening thoughts. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you see CJ just sitting there on the bench, staring straight ahead, et cetera. Do, y'all, do you communicate with him between series about, hey, we want to go this direction, maybe next time, et cetera. And is, is part of that the visual, visualization, it's easy for me to say, of him getting that into his mind about where you want to go? Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, he, he's been excellent on the sideline. I think his attitude's been great. His thought process has been great. The feedback's been great, what, what he's seeing out there. And um, usually it's, you know, what are you seeing? Is it is exactly what we practice? Is it different? Here are the adjustments. And then here's what we're thinking maybe going back out. Uh, sometimes – you know, I've been there before where you put a couple of plays in their mind and then you get the ball on the, you know, plus 20 and now, now it all changes. And so, um, again, try not to put too much in their head, um, certainly in CJ's head, because, um, you know, he when he's when he's clear and he's playing, I mean, that's when he's at his best. And he's so intelligent that he's going to process everything you say. So you got to be smart about what you say. Order, jump off the video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very- uh, first off, you just notice his length and his ability to get hands on you. Um, and, and then, you know, he gets his hands on a lot of passes. Um, um, you know, very, very strong at the line of scrimmage and, and you know, um, great cover skills. And for his size, can really change direction. Yeah, Ryan, uh, watching Justin 10 minutes ago and talking about CJ. Momentum when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to position groups, yep. is that a real thing? Pride in position groups? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, in 2017, going through the recruiting process, and um, you know, I remember recruiting families and recruits, and, you know, they would say, you know, how come um, there's never been very many first-round draft picks at quarterback here? You know, and I just I'd say, well, there's going to be real soon. And, and I took a lot of pride in that because I feel like, no matter what position you coach here at Ohio State, it should be that position you. You know, what else do you want? You know, if you're the linebacker's coach, it should be linebacker you. If you're the quarterback's coach, it should be quarterback you. If you're the running back's coach, it should be running back you. And um, I remember Urban Meyer saying to me, uh, you know, what, so what are we looking for in a quarterback? He said, well, just go find an ex-Heisman Trophy winner. I said, okay, let me, let me get to work here. Um, but but that's, that's kind of the way it is at Ohio State, and that's the expectation. That's the way it should be. I know you're probably tired of talking about Jackson, but when you have someone on the bench account like that, how much can it sometimes change the offense mid-game, bring them out, poking them out? And you said you have plays specifically for Jackson. Does that kind of throw you guys off a little bit at all? And no, no, it doesn't. I know what you're saying, but no, our, our guys are very intelligent. They can jump in and out of positions, you know, whether it's the Z, the H, the X. You know, we can jump in and out of 11, 10, 12. And our, our guys really don't get affected too much by that. So, no, it shouldn't be a problem. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
He's um aside from he has great length and skills, but he also uh, he sees he sees the formation well. You know, he sees the adjustment. Um, you know, he can predict pre-snap what's going to happen. You know, he's really got a high football intelligence. Um, when you reviewed the Iowa game, that we know what their offense is. Did it, was it, did it look as good to you in review? Uh, and what really stood out to you? It was good. Um, you know, obviously, I'm. I see a lot of things that uh, happen within a play that maybe could have gone the other way. I see all the room that uh, uh, where we can improve. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that we were getting turnovers and winning on third down. Um, you know, I thought, you know, well, Zach Harrison had a great game. You know, I, you just you love to see that kind of uh, play up front. So, you know, I thought we were together, did a lot of right things. I also saw areas where I know we uh, we can improve. Jim, uh, Coach Dave was talking about with Chip moving uh, to running back now full time. EA is going to have to step up as that, that second team middle linebacker. Hopefully, Tommy playing as well as he's playing. Hopefully, we will need him. But what do you expect out of EA? What's kind of his strengths, and just what do you expect out of EA? EA has has great uh, athleticism. He has a linebacker instinct, I guess, too. You know, and some um, EA just to, to stay healthy, right? And I just really want him to have a good week of practice. Because I've always felt like he could emerge if he if he strung together some games and some weeks of practice of being healthy. He's just had a tough time of it. You know, I think that all is dictated by the pace of the game and and. Um, you know, there are a lot of other factors to determine that, how Coach Johnson feels about the rotation. But, you know, those are not um, decisions that we that we jump to. You know, things are working. You kind of go, go, uh, go with the flow. Yeah, Jim, I asked you a little bit about the second game. I want to follow up. Uh, uh, like I just asked Brian, it's, it's hard to kind of right now imagine this defense without – Tanner McAllister in it, and Lathan Ransom, the way Ransom is, like you said, triggering, et cetera. But uh, from your vantage point, uh, what what do those what do those what do those two guys bring to that table in that safety room? And will we see Lathan considerably more as the season goes on? Lathan, uh, you know, I've told you all along, he's just been a guy that I've been totally impressed with since uh, he emerged, since he was able to practice. You know, what I mean, because. Um, not looking at much from last year and, and not having him go in the spring. I didn't know what to expect, but yeah, he's, he, he's, he's got a hot hand. He's just, uh, like I've always, he's, he's one of those safeties that can see the forest through the trees and, and, and pull his trigger and go. So guys playing like that, you, know, you want to keep him going. And, and Tanner, you know, I've said it all along, just, uh, he brings a, uh, coaching presence to the room in terms of understanding the system, um, you know, having answers for the other guys. Uh, also, 
Um, you know, he knows me, so he know he knows how I coach and what I'm trying to do. And, you know, it's always good to have somebody younger, you know, who can who can talk about that to the players. Yeah, he was promised. I mean, I'm thinking he was promised a shot to be here, but he wasn't Mr. Promised you're gonna be one of the guys. I mean, you're mean to that shows some maturity, right? Yeah, I mean, it showed, yes, it's a lot of faith in me, a lot of faith in himself, you know, and also the fact that he wanted to stretch himself. You know, it's guy gets to that point in your career, I think it takes a lot of, um, a lot of character to say, hey, I want to stretch myself to try something new at this, at this point in my career. And uh, I give him a lot of credit for that. I think, you know, the quarterback is veteran. He's, he's very smart. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's good at reading what you're doing, delivering the ball. He's tough, hangs in there. He can scramble. I mean, he is, he's just a really, a really good quarterback. He's an operator and uh, the receivers, they're skillful and they can, um, get, you know, they can go up and win a lot of 50, 50 balls. Um, they're good route runners. I just think that whole operation, uh, will be a challenge for us. He's a, he's a veteran guy who, um, you know, made the decision when I got here to, to buy in, you know, and I think that's, that is really important, you know, for all of us to recognize. Again, it's not easy for a guy who's been around a while to all of a sudden have somebody new come in and tell me, hey, this is the way we're going to do this. And, and, um, you know, he, he had that, um, maturity and that vision or that, you know, early confidence in me to say, Hey, you know, we're going to follow. And, and because he has the respect of the other players, he brings, you know, brought a lot of guys along with him. It's a big deal, you know? And, and, um, so he really helped in that total buy-in from the whole defense. No, no. I mean, no, I, uh, not specifically. Um, you know, we just, uh, kind of grew into it together to where, to where we have a really good relationship. You know, I didn't, uh, to me, it's hard to have those conversations until you know a guy, you know what I mean? You don't, so, so we kind of got to know each other and it happened, uh, naturally and, uh, really, really proud of him and, and thankful for the help he's given me. Can you said a week or two ago that there were more things you felt like you could get to with this defense, and Tanner sort of indicated after the game on Saturday that we can feel you getting more of that stuff on the field. Is that when you have everything at your disposal and you know that the players out there are more comfortable or confident executing that, how does that change the comfort or confidence for you on the play when you know that you can get deeper in guys like that? Yeah, I mean, it's a it is a process, you know, and uh, like I said, a lot of times we rep things in practice two, three weeks out and, and uh, that we haven't used yet. And that's, 
you're right. It is a, I have to be comfortable with it because it's not, you know, if you make a mistake, it's costly, right? On defense, it can really hurt the entire team. So, um, yeah, the growth process, I think in terms of us implementing uh, the complete system, you know, we're getting there. But we, st- we, we have some things that we've worked on and haven't used yet. Hadn't had to use, uh, haven't had to use them, you know, and it's, uh, you know, when things are going well, you know, um, it's not about putting something on there that, that could, you know, that maybe you, you're just not a hundred percent sure about. So <clears throat> we keep working them in practice and growing it. So there's a lot of growth outside of what, uh, shows on the field in terms of, you know, scheme. Yeah, I think that it's exactly like you said. It's it's recognizing it, having certain certain ideas on who we want the matchup to be and and how we're going to play it, but then it's also um, creating. Um, some doubt in the quarterback's mind. I mean, I think that becomes a lot of, of what we do in terms of what he's going to get, you know? So it's like half and half of it. It's about the guy. The other half of it is about the quarterback, you know, and trying to create enough, uh, cloudy pictures. So it just doesn't feel, you know, uh, free always going to that guy. Jim, this is just a version of question we've asked you every time since you got here, but obviously you see room for improvement with this defense still, but just the, the art of understanding and confidence and performance of this defense, where do you see it right now from the minute you got here to the way you guys played against Iowa? I would, I would you, know, you described it perfectly. It's, a, it's an arc, you know, and it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, has has trended up, you know, and continues to trend up. Um, it's my job to keep that going. You can't you can't ever stay the same in this business. You can't stay the same. You know, um, you have to keep pushing and prodding and and looking for ways to improve, things to add. Um, you know, and you want to. I think the. The success breeds further success, right? So um, you want to give the players some sugar, but you know, not too much sugar because too much sugar is not good for anybody, right? So you just, you just try to uh, um, point out the things and, uh, you know, give them a, a clap on the back for that and say, okay, now that we've done this, we can, we can, we can go to this. And it's just – really about habits you know it's not about it's never about to me about one particular day it's more about it's more about habits you know it's the competitive stamina that coach day talks about and that coach mix mick talks about in the weight room you know um we are what we repeatedly do right excellence it's not an act it's a habit that's Aristotle, I think, right? Not not Jim Knowles, but what 
what I'm saying is, it's like you said, it's an arc and it's it's a push and it, it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, all I see is the team that's in front of us and here's what we're going to do and presenting a plan. You know, the process is the same. The expectations are different, you know, but you keep the process and you keep keeping your foot on the metal. Coach, maybe building off that question a little bit, how, how difficult is it when you're evaluating your performance on any given week, how difficult is it to remove what you see from the opposing offense and simply focus on what you're trying to accomplish? Because you see offenses that are really good, and last week you saw an offense that struggled. Yeah, it's not difficult at all. It's really not because you look at the play, you look at the call, and did we execute it? And if we didn't, why didn't we? If we did, here's the thing that worked about it. You know, it really is a a uh, narrow view. Um, you don't get involved in all of that. At least I don't in my head. You know, I want to see the play. I want to see what they did. I want to see what we did, given the call, what I expected, how it finished. Did something happen that I didn't expect? What was the technique? And you can really break it. That's what, what we do. You break it down and you... And you you study it for what it is, and you correct, motivate, teach off of that. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, I kind of wanted to get an insight on the, some communication of the defense. I know. Well, I'm not telling you any of that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, I'll ask a different question. <laughs> um, with the three linebacker sets, uh, a lot of times it seems like the three linebackers always playing on the line of scrimmage. Uh, what are your thoughts on stacking linebackers in a 4-3 versus having that third linebacker come down? You know, I think it just depends on what you're facing and what you're trying to do. Um, you want to try not to be predictable. Um, sometimes you have to be based on what you're getting and, and the opponent. But you'd, you'd like to be able to have both, and, and there's different reasons for it. But it really just depends on what you're getting from the offense. Defense. I know you want to make things cloudy for quarterback, but I also assume it makes it easier when you can get him off his spots, not let him get stationary and get feet set. When you've seen CJ on the practice field, how does he respond to those type of things? How have you seen him maybe improve as he's working? He's great. I mean, he's he's the best I've ever been around. He he, he can he can see the rotation and know what like every def, every defense that uh, you call has a hole in it somewhere, right? And and what we do is try to disguise those holes, right? I mean, if you really wanted to stop every play, you need like 14 guys out there. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just think about it. With a, you know, if you were truly trying, if you're like, hey, we're going to stop them every play. But he is a, uh, CJ is a guy who, who, who loves the game, um, you know, Will continue to ask me questions if we do something against them in practice. Hey, what were you, what were you thinking here? Why did you do that? So he's just, uh, and of course he's got all the talent, but he also has the mind for it. Did you feel any pressure? Uh, not that you brought Tim over, but him coming over. Did you feel any pressure of him coming here and having to live up to you know, where he has played, but also? No, I didn't feel any pressure. I had a lot of confidence in him. You know, he and me, we've trained a certain, you know, we trained a certain way for four years. So, you know, 
we come here, we're going to, we train and think the same way. And it's not about pressure. Um, it's more about the process and just doing it. So I, I felt good the fact that he was going to come in here and, um, do things the way we've always done it in terms of the process. And he was going to do just fine. What has been your evaluation of him the last few weeks? Um, and have you seen anything different from him from early in the years to now? No, Denzel is the same. I mean, he is a, uh, competitive, but quiet, um, talented. I, I've always had great confidence and I, and I continued throughout the season. You know, like I said, if he wasn't making enough plays because he is talented and skills, skill, you have to then look at the calls, which goes on me. So, but, but he has always been a really, um, you know, fun guy to coach. I don't know if I'm fun, so I'm not having that much fun. But I mean, you know, I mean, I mean he's 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 an easy guy to coach. He's coachable, you know. He competes. He tries hard. He listens to what you have to say, and I think that's that's what you want. You want a guy who is going to respond, and he's always responded to every challenge since I've been here. What did I say when you asked me if they were coming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's funny. Yes, it's, hey, call that defense where we get a turnover. You know what I mean? That's all, you know, it's like, uh, not like basketball where you call, you know, hey, we're going to get the ball, right? I mean, it is, but there is something to what you say. I mean, there is something to momentum. There is something with guys being comfortable in the system, taking more chances, growth. I mean, you know, those are the things that you want to see. And, um, you know, it's, it's been happening. So all valid points, you know, I just think um, it's part of the process. If the process is going the right way, that that's one of the indicators that you're doing good things. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it helps. It helps, you know, um, it just helps guys play freer. And that's, that's the goal. My goal is to have them play free because they understand the totality of the scheme and where they fit, then they can give other looks and get out of it. And that's, that's part of the growth. I'm curious if your perception of Penn State has changed from being a younger man, Turno, Eastern Powerhouse, now in the Big Ten. Has their profile been diminished at all in the state of Pennsylvania? Yeah. Not in my mind. You know, I mean, you're right. I grew up watching. Um, Anybody in here is always me. Yeah, you did. Sunday morning was the you know you had the, like the one hour time slot where they would recap the game. You know, and um, uh, always well respected. And which co what uh, Coach Franklin has done, you know, great respect for that. So I haven't seen it change. I mean, I think you know, in coaching, you're kind of aware of everything. Um, but I think 
they've done a great job of, of keeping it as consistent. Coach, I want to ask you about guys you see in practice on the other side of football. You see a lot of great receivers at your stops along the way. Um, this group seems pretty special. Uh, what is it about them that stands out to you when you're working with them in practice? You know, the, uh, the finish. Absolutely. I mean, routes are great, speed, all of that, but um, actually completing the catch is as good or better than I've ever seen, and we see it every day in practice. They just, they, no, they just get it done. Yep. When you first turn on the film to look at the next team on the schedule, the first thing you turn on the film, what is the first thing you're looking at? And then can you sort of walk us through the process of what you're, how you're evaluating and deciding what you're going to do with your watching that film? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, explosive plays, right? I mean, you want to look first at uh, how they're uh, making making their explosive plays out of what formations, what scheme. You know, I think explosive plays are a big part of of uh, stopping a team, so you definitely look at that. Look at things, and then it's just a uh, it's just an hours long process of looking at you know, formations and down and distances and tendencies and field position. And, um, you know, there's a lot of writing, a lot of scribbling, you know, um, for myself and in terms of the way I do it. Um, but I, everybody probably has a different process, but that's how I go. Just to follow up on Penn State, just having drive in the Northeast, did you ever go to I have I have not uh, had the chance to, to be there a whole lot to be honest with you um, so it was more of just um, you know I know that it was uh, extremely uh, important to the people that I grew up with you know as a kid you, you learn that hey this is important to people um, you know the excellence of the program and the success. And I think if you play football, which I always did, you know, you fall in line with that and you kind of, you look at it, you know, as, you know, a really successful uh, program. So, but I haven't had the chance to be around, around there much. World Series, baby. Don't burn down the city. Right. <laughs> Ah. Um, you guys got Cameron Martinez in the field a little bit as like a, I guess it was a 60 field sometime. Um, what have you thought of his progression and using that role Yeah, I think Cam is an excellent player. I really love his his coverage skills. I, I mean, his, his feet, he's got great feet. He's a competitor. He's just been hampered by injury. You know, he's going to keep playing more as long as he's, hel- as long as he's healthy. And obviously that was one of the tough days running the ball you guys had for this season. I was part of that, but when you re-examined that, 
Or do you feel like you guys need to be better in this institution? One, just staying on blocks. They did, they did a really nice job. They're always good fundamentally. And I just thought their hand placement and getting off blocks. And, you know, we felt early you know, some plays that were maybe be two and three, need to get to three and four. And as the game went along, you get a little bit more. Um, they did a nice job of uh, not changing things they do, but we kind of felt even going into it, they're, you know, a quarters team, but we felt we'd get some edge pressures and single high looks and, you know, getting them fitted up and just getting hats on hats, try to run some stretch plays where we bled it out, got a little thin, a little flat, and got penetration, so a couple negative plays got us. But uh, just in general, they, I, you know, they played better than us and we got played better across the board and, you know, inside a little bit. We got those guys, we got good players, and they maybe have our best game, so credit those guys. They kind of won some one-on-one -on -one battles, made some good plays. Guys are in a fourth down situation. Kind of, what's your philosophy on whether or not to go for it in that situation? I think, um, I mean, it's you know, each each game's different. Weather, you know, wind, uh, situation, how you're playing. Um, you know, coach uh, years ago when I was working, uh, Coach Stoops, he was very aggressive as a defensive guy because he kind of felt you need to get the first down because I don't know if we're stopping them. And sometimes I told him, I said, I couldn't believe you went for that. He goes, I, I didn't, didn't matter. I, you know, years ago, I think they were, everybody was critical. I think Coach Belichick going against the Colts went for it. He goes, well, whether I give the ball here or down there, he's going to score, so I need to get a first down. So are you in the mindset of you have to get the first down? Uh, sometimes, you know, we got a great punter that pooches it deep, and if the yardage gets to that three and four and five muddy area, maybe you just, you know, pooch it, pin them down because your defense is playing really strong and you can – Play three or four uh, uh, snaps and get it right back. That's you know, in our in our plan to win. Field position's big in our plan to win. Part of field position is trying to get the first two first downs, get the ball to midfield. If you bog down, punt it deep, get the defense packed down there, and get it right back in midfield and start again. So, uh, you know, I, I think if people got an analytically, um, people talk a lot about analytics. Um, I think football coaches look at a piece of paper and we all sit here for hours and we plan and stripped everything. I think some of the greatest coaches in our game are basketball coaches that go on feel and flow. I need a timeout. I need to go full court. I need a zone. I need to pack it in. They make adjustments. And as football coaches, you have to make adjustments. I think the really good coaches, I think Coach Day does a great job. It's feel. And you feel like I need to go get it. Now we still got to trust the players and execute. Run play or pass play. The day of a short yardage fourth down, we threw it. But it's a one-on-one -on -one throw. I mean, it's a high percentage throw with a really good quarterback and a really good receiver. So you can say you didn't run it for a half a yard, but it was a loaded box, more than you can block, and in a good one-on-one -on -one match. So I think you got to trust your gut, trust your players, trust your, gut, your judgment. Uh, and I think when you get greedy, you get burned. For what it's worth, so you just got to be smart. Uh, just ask during this, uh, when you first got the film to look at the new team, my, my process is different because a lot of years I've been in the box, so like I don't, I don't, I don't like to look at at words. Like we we can put our video up and it says what the play is. I don't want to see the words. I want to get a snapshot because you got two or three seconds. Okay, where's the front set? Where's the extra backers? What's the coverage? What's the rotation? Did they blitz? Did they stunt? You know, and so it's like snapshot. It's like flashcards. You know, give me a flashcard. Give me a flashcard. So I just kind of rapid fire, look at it. You know, you got we get several views of the game from end zone and sideline view. And, and this year you're just getting a feel of the structure of what, you know, how the flow of the game. 
sometimes, you know, we, you know, again, we, we get snapshots. So you start looking at cutups and you just see certain plays, you get a feel. Sometimes it's really nice to watch the flow of the game more than just this formation and how they line up to this set and that set. So it's a combination of what are they doing? Like, um, typically you watch two or three, I, I watch two or three games Sunday night real fast, just as, you know, there's a lot of man, a lot of zone, a lot of pressure, there's a lot of penetration, there's a lot of movement. What are you seeing just generally? And then you come in Monday and you start getting a little bit more specific. Okay, to this formation, what do you see? And then the next day, these situations, short yardage, goal line, long yardage, two-minute, coming out, what do you see? So it starts with generalization. You know, who are their best players? What are the problems? You know, this team's a pressure team. Okay, what are the pressure problems? This team's really good up front. This team's a great coverage team. What are the problems? And then you start peeling it back from there. And then Coach, what he does, he has everyone has certain segments that, okay, you – you know, you know, go study this and bring some ideas to the table. We all talk about it together, but every guy has different areas that quote is their expertise. They look at every week and they'll bring some things to the table. And like, you know, uh, you know, tomorrow we'll start with short yardage and goal line. Okay. What do you like? And, you know, we'll bring some, me and coach Fry will bring some things to the table, coach Hinton and coach Alfred. And then we all hash it out and go from there. Third and long. What do you have? Hash it out. Go from there. Coach, I want to ask two questions that might even go hand in hand here. One about third downs and one about CJ. The idea that maybe third downs weren't as strong as you've often had them this past week, are there common threads there? Um, and, and what were the things that you saw that maybe flustered CJ a little bit in the first half? Were there common threads there? Yeah, I think the first half was kind of unusual because our defense created phenomenally so many short fields that their structure, like the, after the first couple of possessions, is like, well, what are they doing? I don't, I don't know. Is that is that a formation normal down call because we're out in the field, or was that ball in the 20-yard line, and that's a reduced red zone call? You know, you, you saw that to that formation, first down, third down, whatever it was. But was that a third down red zone call or a third down call? And so it was kind of hard to kind of get in the flow because you, you want those things, but it was like a, 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 a blessing of, of short fields, you know, over and over and over. And, had a hard time almost as good as it was. Just what throws do you have? The zones are getting condensed. What runs get working? So we, and they're pretty daggum good. I think they'd only given up, what, 55, 60, 70 points in the first six games. So they're, they're stout defense. So one, you got to give those guys a lot of credit, like we said last week. Um, yeah, problems on third down. I think it always just starts when our protection's good and our quarterback can, can stand in there and get through his reads and step in the throws. He's going to be pretty good. Um, so I'd always start with just making sure that what we're doing and helping our offensive line and 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 whether it be the timing of throws to get them out on time because again you're looking at matchups. We'd, I'd always tell like my guys will tell you they're not beating the guy covering them they're get, they're beating the guy rushing the offensive tackle. Everything they're doing is relation to time and space. So how much time do you have? You can work this right all day, but you got two point two, so you better be showing you're open because CJ's got to move because it's not lasting. So just coordinating time and space, protection timing, helping those guys out. But when protections are good, uh, they did a really nice job, like all defenses, of showing early and making him read post-snap and making the pocket work post-snap. And the really great defenses make you work, and they made us work Saturday, last Saturday, and these guys will this day. It's a tremendous defense for playing this week. Kevin, we know about uh, Robin Harrison's work ethic. I want to know what you think his best physical attribute is. Hands, route running, uh, speed, obviously size, whatever, whatever. What jumps out to you? You know, he's physically and mentally matured where he's, where he's trying, but he's got to – to be as – one of his – it's an unusual skill, I think. He is as, as tall as he is. He's actually somewhat not long-legged. 
which means he's very quick in and out breaks. Most tall guys can get a little cumbersome at long, and they're long striders. So for a 6'4 guy that has length and can go up and make plays on balls, have tremendous catch radius and great hands, he is a great top-end route runner because, you know, his legs probably match a, a six-foot body instead of a six-four body. It just allows him to be really quick on the top-end working breaks. It's an unusual skill set the way his body is gifted, and he's able to, you know, he's got really good speed, but I think he's got unusual quickness for a young man that's that big and that, 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 that tall and long. That's my opinion as an O-line Kevin, obviously you're adapting in the midst of every game to what the defense is, is doing, but how do you strike the balance between we need to make adjustments, we need to maybe do some things differently versus this is our game plan, we're going to grind it out, we're going to work it out, keep doing what we do in the midst of any game. It's clearly in the you know, middle of the third quarter, you guys broke stuff open against Iowa. What's the balance like as you're working through a game? It, it's hard um, because, again, you, we have a lot of plays, a lot of players, a lot of playmakers trying to get a lot of guys involved. I said before, you can become a collage. You know, I think uh, I, I made a statement uh, during the game through quarter and said, hey, now what runs we really got? us? well, Coach, let's talk about those runs we just talked about at halftime. Let's go back to those two or three, kind of get it started. We'll be fine. Let's run those couple because you're, you feel sometimes you're searching. You know, you want so bad every play to work so well, stay on schedule, every play to be clean. And sometimes you're playing really good defenses this time of year with weather. You got to play through the muck, you know, and you got to be, you know, a golfer that's a little bit off, but you can still scratch it around and kick in the hole and make a couple ugly pars once in a while. And sometimes you got to be able to play through it. You got, but you got to be, when you're off, you can't be off and hurt yourself. And you can't have the negative plays. You can't have the turnovers. You can't have the plays get you behind schedule. You let the defensive front tee off in, in, in third and long situations. Coverage get multiple in the looks, third and long situations. So when you're a little bit off, how can you just minimize the ugliness of it to, to strain and stay on schedule and, and find the rhythm? And uh, sometimes you just got to press pause and stay calm, you know, and just, okay, let's talk about it. Now, hey, no, let's just, you know, this and this, what pass you like, what protection you feel good about, what run you like, and do your – because I think once we get our guys in rhythm, especially with CJ, you know, it's you saw the day once he kind of got in rhythm, but it's it's easy to get off. Just like just like those guys, my, my son's a college golfer, it's easy to be really good and just get a little bit off and – doesn't take a lot to be off. I had a great coach one time years ago. It just takes a little bit to be off when you're off, you're vulnerable. We're a little bit off the other day, but we settled back down against the good defense and got back on track. And that was good to see. It was good to be there. It's good to be at home. We'll get that again this week and see if we can be more, a little bit more efficient, get there quicker. But those challenges are going to present themselves in these next five, six weeks. Yeah. Kevin, when you're going against a defense with a player like Joey Porter, I mean, do y'all look at it as number one? You don't want to let that guy take away something, you know, that y'all that y'all like to do, and yet the and do you also kind of like get the uh, I don't know the uh, adrenaline going? Hey, we want to challenge this guy. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I think it goes back know, to that. that yeah, I, I don't. It goes back to that. That you know, I guess greed part. You know, just being smart. You you can't just cross the guy off and not challenge the guy, but also you got to be smart. Years ago, we had. We had a really good win at Miami. Miami would beat Carolina. And Coach Walker said, you throw more than 20 passes, we'll lose. We can't block these guys. We threw two deep balls at Dre Bly. And he said, okay, you made your point. Don't do that ever again. You know, so, I mean, you know, I mean, but, you know, it ain't like, I mean, Joy, Joey's a great player. They have all the, the other corners equally probably overshadowed because of name is also – they're really good outside the corners. So our guys are going to have to, to work hard to get open and, 
and do what it takes to win the routes. We got to deliver the ball and go on time. But you know, you 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 don't shy away from it. But you just got to be careful, not be greedy as a as a runner, as a quarterback, and as a play caller. In your head, also, Michigan just ran the ball down their throat. I mean, for the most part, and you had some big plays and stuff. But do you do you take all that into account? It looks like their secondary may be the strength of their defense, and up front there may be some uh, some hate. Yeah, and I don't know. Minnesota, you know, Minnesota, I guess, has had some injuries, but then they came back last week against the team. And I know with the quarterback situation, maybe the box got a little bit more loaded. Um, but you know, you know, each week, you know, one game on the road, one game at home, they play so much off the energy of what's going to be a great crowd, no matter what the kick time is, you know, and and the and the energy. So uh, you know, we're going to have to block them up front. We're going to have to be smart and make the plays outside, but we're going to get challenged across the board. And, we can't back away from the challenge, but we just got to be very aggressive, but very smart and calculated as we go. You and Ryan don't script the opening drive. Has that philosophy changed throughout your career? Did you used yeah. to do that? Yeah, I used to. You know, uh, we put the 15, and I, I felt over time um, that it, you were trying to make everybody happy. Hey, we got to get their diversity. And hey, this guy needs a touch. Hey, make sure you run the naked to this guy. Hey, we need to get a counter play and come off the ball. And oh, you're a collage of plays. And then uh, over time, I, I, you know, I just when I was up in the box, I just write down like, hey, five or six each time. And I just did it so I didn't go run, run, pass, run, run, pass, just to mix it up. Is your first play a, a, a run or pass? What you doing on second that run or pass? Uh, just to kind of keep the defensive guy, you know, off balance and what he couldn't get a rhythm for what you were doing. So. Um, I go back to that comment about the basketball coaches adjust where football guys have a piece of paper and follow the script. You know, and the great quote is you have a game plan, you get hit in the mouth. What do you do? You have, you know, every week here, typically, no matter what you prepare for, you get some curveballs because people are going to throw some stuff at us. So we have to adjust, have to adapt. Um, and I think our kids are very much, I think Ryan made a great comment about our players the other day. He said, I think one of the greatest skills about our team is they love to play. They love the challenge of solving problems. And, okay, look, I didn't expect this guy to be as wide in this alignment. I didn't expect this defender to challenge me as much. I didn't expect this much pressure or movement up front. But now you're getting it. How do you handle it? Good teams handle it during on the sideline during halftime and during the game. Bad teams come in on Sunday and talk about what they should have done. And so it's just nice that we, you know, as we continue to get challenged, we keep problem solving. That's all football and offense is, is problem solving. Yeah, another question about play calling. Obviously, Ryan has the, the final say, but how often – did you call the play, and, and he says, "Yeah, let's do that." Is that a pretty common occurrence? Yeah, I mean, we we, you know, I don't know. No one's taking credit for anything. It's just what we do, how we do it. I mean, he's got, you know, he's you know, he's he's the. They said last week the, the, the grand marshal, the parade run and deal, but uh, you know, we throw some stuff. But there's, you got to be careful. There's not a lot of talking during plays. You know, I know for a long time I haven't called that. Sometimes you know. When the play is called before we run, hey, coach, next play, hey, you think how about a counter? Hey, do you think we need a misdirection play? Do you think we should take a shot? Move, move the pocket. You know, you, you don't do that right when he's ready to. So there's, there's, there's an art of when to talk because too much talk leads to clutter. Leads almost, you've got a thought, oh, see, so here's something. It just, it's, it's, it's like somebody throwing you a curveball there. Like, hey, well, where's that coming from? So there's a calculated way to work together. And I, you know, we, I think we do that well. We do it really well. A lot of times, like, hey, Kevin, Justin, give me two runs, three runs this next drive. Which two do you like the best? And then sometimes he'll build a passing with that as we move down the field as we go to. So it's a collective effort. There's a little bit of talking, but uh, typically it's once the play's called, hey, you know, hey, coach, this one, if you want it, or don't say anything. It's done, it's done before the drive and let the flow of the game kind of go. It's my opinion. Uh, 
based on interaction and also What was whose fault was the skip set, basically? And how did that what was supposed to happen on that side? How was it supposed to be uh, it was it was to the man side, um, the way we were sliding our protection and we knew we were gonna be uh, in an empty formation and we actually kind of decided, like, hey, we're gonna do this, you're gonna be an empty, you're gonna you're gonna get a twist here. And unfortunately we just I think our inside guy just kind of buried his body and got stuck on the whole man and couldn't bump it off. So, so it just wasn't executed properly. Two got two guys on two, man scheme. Kind of felt that a good chance was happening. Just didn't execute it. Not blaming the kid. We just got to be better than that. Yeah, but, uh, saw a Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's different ways to, to get on the perimeter. Sometimes you try to just gang everybody up in areas, own stretch block and work your spaces and get outside. Other times you try to use angles and really that was, that's not necessarily a new play. It's just based on the structure. If, if the tackle could be the puller, the first puller, he is, maybe it's the guard. Maybe the center has to stay on the down guy and the backside guard's pulling. Maybe the center's uncovered and he, and he's pulling. So you're typically pulling one or two guys leading a little G old green spread version of, of the Green Bay Packers sweep, you know, and, and so the first puller outs the kick, second puller's the lead guy. In that case, when Luke and Donovan are pulling or, or the, or the, or, uh, Matt on the right, first guy's to kick out and, and Luke's up on the deal. So to do that though, you gotta be pretty good at tight end to handle that defensive end because he's a man block. You know, the tackle's gotta block down to the guard. It's a man block. So when you pull guys, you got man schemes. So your men have to block those guys and, and, it was nice to get through guys pulling, but Kate did a really good job on that DM. When your tight end can't make that block, you got to do area zone blocking. And so it's just that's just a variation of trying to get the ball in the perimeter. Run game's been okay. It's always hard. It's challenging. No matter how well we throw the ball, people always you have to put extra guys to stop the run. And no matter who the defense is, as good as our receivers, quarterback play has been. Um, you know, the college game is wired on making a team throw the ball. So when we get our run game going, we're really we're really good. The other day it struggled for a long time to get going and that's why we played some muddy football for about two quarters there. But if we can get the run game going each week with the skilled guys, we got a chance to be a decent offense for sure. Yeah. You know, we've done that back in preseason a couple of days with uh, uh, when uh, uh, Evan Pryor went out just to, just just in case and. It looked like naturally. I mean, he's he's a you know a heavier load, uh, but uh, very good instincts. You know, very good hands. Uh, has played running back and in concepts. We start saying it's six man pro. You got this. Five man pro. You got this. Seven man pro. You got this. This run. You got this. So he's played enough. He picks up well. Was a really good player, previous college and in high school. So he looks good. And you know, if needed, uh, he was doing well as at linebacker. But they're a little bit more healthy, and he was playing special teams down the road and. With our two backs having been gimpy, we thought we needed to get him back. So he's getting worked up, and I think he'll he'll, he'll move forward as we keep going and get a little play first. Hey, Coach, I want to ask about Jackson. This is kind of an analogy. The train's going down the track at 30 or 40 miles per hour, and he's trying to catch it and jump on the back of the train maybe eight games into it. Just how hard is it to bring a guy in? I know he's been in the program and everything, but for him to be – 
performing at a high level within this offense when you guys have eight games of momentum already built up, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's hard. I mean, uh, it's probably less hard for him because he's played a lot and he's so gifted. But just you know, emotionally, just your, 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 your thoughts and, and as you're going through things, the stresses that you put on yourself, what you're trying to accomplish, I, I would always tell our team, like we go into situations that people talk about losing. You can't lose what you don't have. Like you, you never had this season. You know, we, we, we don't have this game Saturday. You can't lose it. You have to go win it. You have to go win things. You have to do things. So, you know, you can't live your life saying, what, you know, what if you just got to deal with some things. And it's unfortunate because he's a special talent, special player, a great practice player, an awesome practice player, one of the best I've ever been around. So for him to be where it is, but you know, the good Lord's got those plans. You know, he's going to have a bright, long, great future, but short-term, selfishly, you'd love to get him back because he's special and a great Buckeye. So we'll see what the short-term goes. But, you know, at the same time, in this day and age, these, these guys put so much stress and pressure on yourselves. You try to do as much as you can to, to be there and love them and care for them more than, like, you know, you know whatever. Just, just relax and trust the good Lord and, and trust what you're about because he is a tremendous talent and he's a better person. We'll see what goes for him. All right, guys. Go, Bucks.